This is Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belbar with Equinely Inclined, the equine podcast for the internet horse community. Episode 180, meet show jumpers Jeff Camp and Luciana Denise, recorded on April 2nd, 2019. Brought to you in part by Pondside Digital Media with online strategy, consulting and advising by sylviaschneider.ca. And this episode is also brought to you by you, our listeners, through your generous Patreon donations at patreon.com slash equine podcast. Thank you for your support. Hi, I'm Sylvia Schneider. And I'm Diana Belbar. This episode will include a little catching up, an interview with Jeff Kampf, show jumper, clinician, busy stable owner and dad. An interview with worldly show jumper and mother, Luciana Denise. And then we'll leave you to whatever you were up to. Mm -hmm. So Diana, I know we've both been busy, but you go first. What have you been up to? (laughs) (laughs) Okay, well, interestingly, this is not April 1st, it's April 2nd. No, we were supposed to record yesterday, but we were both both too done. (laughs) Maybe it's just as well. Yeah. So I, while you were away, got to um, help one of my ewes deliver their lamb, and that's a first. And Mm -hmm. mom and babe did just fine. Mm -hmm. But what's really amazing is uh, to see what the cry of a baby can do to a mother. How so? Hmm. Well, (laughs) it was, of course, it was a difficult birth because I had to reach in straighten out the legs and and help her out oh with it, my right? goodness you had to be a vet <laughs> no you had to you had to play the part of a vet <laughs> well, it, it you know i mean it's something that that you know, farmers, farmers often I do know. right yeah um sheep just require a very small hand they're not as easy as a cow to get in there but mm-hmm. easier to pull mm-hmm. so yeah so anyway uh the the you just seemed to be totally spent and so i was cleaning up the baby in front of her so that she could smell it and see it and mm-hmm. and uh, all of that and she was just so done she was just so done mm-hmm. and we had milked a little bit of colostrum from her just in case mm-hmm. because if they don't get that colostrum in the first 24 no. hours with lambs they're done yeah 24 well, hours they're gone I think it's a lot the same with foals and, and mm-hmm. stuff too. So, mm-hmm. so uh, at any rate, I said, you know, let's just hold the baby there mm-hmm. and uh, see if he'll nurse a little bit. It would help her, I think, to get things going. Mm-hmm. So he nursed her a little bit uh, with her laying down, right? Mm-hmm. And then he got up and went, <laughs> and she leaped to her feet and I do mean get out of the way right leap to her feet and back at him and it was just she was up and and yeah I mean it was amazing I I thought she was on her last legs and as soon as she heard that baby cry boom she was up so it was it was that was really it was kind of fun interesting experience yeah Mm -hmm. so of course with the ewes all done lambing the thaw hit Mm -hmm. mud 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 yeah so chores mud 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 there's a lot of people right now who are experiencing mud 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 so it makes chores a whole lot harder Mm -hmm. but um yeah but it's almost drying up now so it's time for rain insult to injury that's spring gotta love it new babies new growth yeah uh, the trees are i you know (laughs) my little granddaughter was out the other day she says what's this white stuff all over the ground grandma and i looked up and went oh the trees have started yeah so yeah they're budding out there's pussy willows up there oh so so, yay so Yeah. yeah spring has sprung Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So did you ever did you ever have any bad April Fools experiences like yesterday? I mean, I didn't see a heck of a lot of April April Fools stuff going on. You know what? I'm so gullible it's bad. The county that I work for the other day put out a an email to all staff saying yeah they had to no I guess it was to the public mm-hmm. as at large there mm-hmm. was a notice yeah. that came out that said they were going to have to redo their um, job description refine for it? yeah for their weed inspectors. Because mm. they had just got an enormous number of of applications for weed inspectors. They've never seen anything like it, right? So <laughs> they so they're you know chugging through all of these uh, interviews, yeah, or all of these resumes, yeah. And there was an awful lot in there about uh, you know being able to tell different plants apart and uh, got into marijuana. 
right? So Marijuana. all of these people knew what what <laughs> kind of plants were. Yeah, so, so it was kind of funny. So they could so, tell yeah. the weeds apart yeah, yeah, from the yeah, weed. Yeah, oh. so I had to I had to have a chuckle with that. Yeah. yeah. So did they say April Fools at the bottom of it? Is that what they oh, said? Oh no, they waited. Yeah. Oh, they... <laughs> yeah. yeah. Oh boy, that that's kind of funny, but kind of lame. Yeah. Yeah, but they almost got me. I'm I'm so bad. But anyway. Well, that's because you were in full-on work mode. That's all. So and you're reading, you're pouring <laughs> no. through this. Hey, okay. Yeah, so I'm here gullible. we go. Here we go. I heard one yesterday, and it said that Mark Zuckerberg had bought all of the Walmart stores, and and <laughs> and said that. And I went like, "Holy cow! That's kind of like Amazon, you know? Like, I mean, what's going on? Is he competing with Amazon, or what's going on? You know? <laughs> and you'll now be able to press buttons and like others who are in the store at the same time. I'm going like, "What?" And then they. Say, yeah, April Fools. And I was oh, yeah. like, oh, that too is lame. But it's like, you know, all I do is they hook you in and yeah. you're listening, right? All right. Anyway. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, well, we didn't do one yesterday, so yay. Yeah, no, we didn't. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I did the I did the uh, trip that I, I went on. I mm-hmm. went on a trip down to uh, San Diego in uh, California. Um, and we did hit Disney on the way. And I thought, oh, they were doing a... A switching out of the horses for the trolleys for the Main Street Disney trolleys, right? Oh yes. And I thought, oh, I should pull out my camera and do a Facebook Live here, and it it was you know happening happening pretty quickly. I pulled my camera out, and uh, then I started having trouble trying to do this Facebook Live because I was trying to put a title in. Oh. And and when I was trying to put the title in, the cursor kept going to the end with everything I was doing, and I went like, <laughs> oh my goodness, this is driving me crazy. So I finally got the camera fired up, and um, and of course it was facing me, so I flipped it around and, uh, and took a a zoom or not a zoom I took a picture of like a video of the of the switching out of the horses on the Disney trolley and it was really interesting however I what I thought I was doing when I was taking this picture was not what the result was the oh, result so was yeah, all zoomed in and yeah. I went like what the heck well, I did see the back ends of a couple of horses yeah yeah <laughs> <laughs> so I wasn't sure. I thought you were just trying to take a picture of the street. No, no. Oh. I was trying to take a picture. I was trying. Well, no, this, you may have seen another one that I put oh. on my personal profile. Yeah, oh, that was just okay. riding down the street. But this is, this is actually the horses being switched out at the end of the road. And they were switching out one horse for another horse. And they were hitching them up with all the, um, the harness and mm-hmm. everything else. But when I looked at it later, it was all zoomed in, focusing on just one thing happening. So it was kind of a stupid Facebook line. Oh, well. Anyway, it it was there. I had good intentions, but uh-huh. yeah, it was uh, Facebook Live was being a real pain in the neck for me through the whole trip. So, oh, gosh. I, I think they had a bunch of they had a bunch of um, updates to the app, and uh, I think they must have realized there was something weird going on, and they fixed it. Oh, but there you go. That was at the end of the trip. Oh, so okay, well, big deal, eh? Yeah, just in time. Yeah, just in time for the end of the trip. <laughs> anyway, I was really happy to get back home and be mm-hmm. with my horses. Um, I took the shedding blade to Lance and Sky, the end of last week, <laughs> and I I tried not to take too much winter hair out because I didn't like. I always feel guilty because you get all that sh- hair, sh- you know, take all the shedded hair out, and then the next thing that happens is there's a big snow or there's a bunch of rain and then they're sitting there shivering and but you know Lance was so mad at he was getting really mad at oh yeah so I had to do something yeah yeah all that loose hair that comes loose gets tied into the hair on top and yeah yeah you should have seen Pepper (laughs) why oh she was yeah we shedded her out we had another pony on the ground oh really (laughs) okay well then I shouldn't feel bad two days in a row oh wow okay well I went out once and I did that so Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I will see if the oil I've been giving her, I was giving her, got her some Canpresco when we were down in Saskatchewan, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. And we'll see if it makes a difference in the way her coat lets go in the end. Because she's, she's getting up there. She's 24 now. Mm-hmm. So we'll see how she shuts out in the hmm. end. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Tim is looking really good. And uh, he's right up around that same age range. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, he's looking really good. He's not a pony, though. Sorry. No, he's not a pony. <laughs> There's a difference. <laughs> That's true. There is a difference. You're right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I hear the weather was really nice after I left. <laughs> it seems to do that whenever uh, I leave. I wasn't paying much attention. Oh, mm-hmm. well, I was 
I was actually down in the in the states, you know, and they were saying, "Well, what's the weather like back home?" And I pulled out my app and I looked at it and I said, "It's actually warmer there than it is here right now." <laughs> <That was laughs> so terrible. I know it, it shouldn't happen that way, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, Anyway, I had a lot of people on my trip ask about the podcast, and they said they wanted to listen to it, but just once, you know, because they weren't horse people. Yeah, and well, and some of the interviews are really interesting. Anyway, well, yeah, I, and I actually looked at them and I said, well, here's the thing, you know, I think this podcast is well, you know, a lot of the episodes, a lot of the ones with good interviews, are uh, good for horse people, but they're also good for people who are not horse people they're good for people who've had to endure anything in their lives or had to be persistent or you know I think it can be very inspiring I mean some of the people that we've interviewed have had to go through an awful lot to achieve their dreams Mm -hmm. as do a lot of the kind of people I was meeting business owners and entrepreneurs and that sort of thing exactly yeah Mm -hmm. anyway well we have another great interview we're trying to plow through these older interviews and Mm -hmm. we we have a few Yeah. Mm -hmm. So this time we've got Jeff Kempf, who we interviewed at the Red Deer Main Event Expo in 2018. Yeah, I think this is a great time to air it because our listeners will be able to hear just how great the clinicians are that are invited to the main event. Mm -hmm. And just wait till you hear who's going to be there this year. Hold that thought. (laughs) I love hearing how people's lives take unexpected twists and turns that lead them to something they couldn't ever imagine having done, but now couldn't imagine their lives being different. (laughs) Well, with that, let's have a listen. So it's Sylvia Schneider, and I'm here with Jeff Kampf, and uh, he is the jumping clinician at the Main Event Expo in Red Deer 2018. And Jeff, I would love to uh, let our listeners know a little bit more about Jeff Kampf and um, how you got started with horses and what you're doing at the Main Event Expo. Great. Well, thank you. It's great to be back in Red Deer. I, uh, you know, I got started in horses... Um, my my parents uh, had a uh, were uh, had a hunter and jumper business and uh, and so at that time uh, I was born in Portland Oregon where they had a business then and my mother uh, moved to Calgary when I was about seven years old and she's known to all of the world as Claudia Kojikar and she oh, is there you go she uh, she's a, a big name in horses for sure and and I couldn't have been blessed with a with a better mentor and teacher um, and so you know that was just something that was always available to me. And and I uh, and I would say that as as a as a youngster, I was much more interested in my dirt bikes and uh, you know and being out on the on the farm doing anything except uh, riding the horses. But as as often happens, I think uh, with the boys is that you know my, my friends were mostly the people at the barn riding, and so you know eventually at the age of probably oh I don't know as I recall it would have been uh, twelve or thirteen I you know I just started riding as well uh, and uh, and you know immediately there there's just such a such a love and connection. I probably always had my life with the horses, but uh, but to actually start riding them and and, um, and know, working at it. Yeah, <laughs> and, and working at it. But you know, I was lucky because I, I you know I, Claudia Kozikar is my trainer, so right. I, I started to have some pretty good results right away, and, and that's rewarding. And uh, yeah. and so you know, one thing built on on another. Yeah. I will say that uh, part of my story with the horses is, you know, I had such respect for the great horsemen. Um, uh, at the time, uh, Mark Laskin, uh, Judy mm-hmm. Gorsling come to mind. Right. Just a few, oh, yeah. uh, Albert Clive, Spruce Meadows, but yeah. Yeah. but there were there were, you know, I I I knew when I was a kid that this wasn't something I could ever be good enough to do as a professional. I just knew that this is something that was a, a. I was having a great time as a kid. Fun time, yeah. My mother's training my horses, and the horses were amazing, and, and I had wonderful sponsors that allowed me to ride the horses that they owned. Um, so I I thought that I would stop riding, but uh, but then uh, you know as a result the generosity of Spruce Meadows, I, I'd won a trip, uh, an Air Canada trip to uh, the, the, the Air Canada's Shield of Excellence for yes. junior jumpers, right. and that included a plane ticket to go um, anywhere you want in the world that Air Canada flies. My mind. And, wow. Uh, and so I didn't know about that. So I, uh, so I, I, you know, I took that ticket and I ended up in Holland, and oh, wow. uh, you know, no money in a backpack, and I, <laughs> and I literally called a friend of mine who was working there. I had 
when I say no money, this was serious. Yeah. And, uh, and so anyway, they came and picked me up at a train station, and I went to their stable and uh, hot meal. And a uh, trainer named Jan Brook, actually, who I still owe a big debt to. He knows that. And, uh, <laughs> and I cleaned stalls in the morning at the barn, and uh, they fed me again. And I was perfectly happy to do that again. But the next day, they had me on the, on the work end board um, to ride a lot of horses. Wow. <laughs> and that, to me, was a life changer because then I realized, oh, my God, I can go across the world and people will pay me to do this thing. And um, so I, you know, I abridged that version a little bit from when I knew I wasn't going to ride <laughs> to when I went to Europe was probably about a year. Yeah. But, uh, but getting there, once I got on those horses, I've never, Let never looked back. back. Wow. Now, you said uh, it was, I did read that you were um, competing at one of the very, at the very first show that Spruce Meadows put on. So I was a spectator, mm-hmm. probably at the same show. Mm-hmm. And I just wanted to ask you, did you ever think that Spruce Meadows would actually become what it is today from what it was then? Well, that's a, that's an interesting perspective because, you know, I had no, I didn't know anything else. I didn't know anything else. I, I, I look back on it now as, as thinking that I, I mean, lightning struck that I was in the right place at the right time yeah. to see the world-class, you know, competitors mainly. I mean, mm-hmm. The facilities stand on their own. But, but the, the people, even from those earliest days in those fields and the hunter ring that we used to have there, which is now uh, the Meadows on the Green, right, yeah. right. That, was, that was the hunter ring. Yeah. And that's where my pony hunter barrage <laughs> took place. And, uh, and, and my mother designed that field for them. And, and a lot of those jumps on the skids and things were part of her her input, right? Yeah. As the Southerns, you know, include all the horsemen of the time yeah. to yeah. help contribute to Spruce Meadows. Yeah. So, so no, I I wouldn't have given a second thought as to that place versus any other. But but the horsemen that, that the Spruce Meadows brought in from those earliest days. I'm John Simpson on Texas and John right. Whitaker and Milton and Ian yeah. Miller and Big Ben yeah. and I mean the list just goes on. Yeah. So it's. It's been the biggest privilege for me growing up in horses to always know that that's the level that we do it at. You know, I didn't have to... It wasn't like I grew up out in the woods somewhere. I grew up literally next door to the greatest venue in the world. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> yep. I just had to get that in because I think that they have done something very special here in Calgary. Mm. Yeah. And uh, have done for a long time. Yeah. So. so how did you wind up coming to the Main Event Expo? Well... Um, I, I, I just a bit of serendipity, I think, because, you know, I, uh, I, I really loved teaching clinics when I was, when I was younger. I, I say kind of tongue-in-cheek that, you know, um, as much as I loved working for Ian Miller, he didn't actually pay money much. <laughs> but he would, uh, um, he said, actually, he would laugh. He would, he would say, my, you know, the primary job was to make sure there were two O's in the word Millerbrook. <laughs> um, and uh, and so, so but, but he did give me the time, afford me the luxury of being able to go out to other farms to teach. On, on weekends and so on. Right. And I just, just had a real passion for being able to come and, and be able in a short time to kind of help people communicate with their horses better. Really. Yeah. It wasn't, you know, it's not just yep. heels down and eyes no. up. No. It's a lot more about, you know, your horse is probably behaving this way because you're doing X, Y, or Z. Mm-hmm. And I just felt good about that. I felt yeah. good about that for the horses. Yeah. So the part about arriving here is uh, I had, I only have, hardly, if I taught a clinic at all, I don't think uh, since my since my children were born. And part of that was we built our own farm. Yeah. That's a lot of work. Yeah. And, yes. and yes, then we is. had uh, babies in the house, yeah. you know. And yeah. so um, the weekends out were, that just simply was off the radar, yeah. you yeah. know. And there were other things that kind of dropped off. I used to have a lot of shipping kind of lessons, and we'd stop that for a while. You just get busy. Yeah. You have to cut out pieces. Yeah. And now my, my older son's in college and uh, happily doing that. And my younger son is 14, and he has Xbox and an iPhone. And so I thought to myself, this would really be great to do this yeah. and it wasn't but I weeks later that they called from the main event and I isn't said because I was thinking to myself happen. you know I wonder I put it out there because I'd like to do that again yeah and uh, and then I got a call so That's and crazy, what a great right? what a great start to kind oh. of 
you know, it, get out here. It's really fun. Such an amazing expo. Yeah, for sure. It's amazing. It is. <laughs> so it's kind of like coming home again, too. Uh, pretty close to Red. Red Deer's pretty close oh, to Calgary. Yeah. And, yeah, uh, yeah so it's uh, it's not, you know the area. Yeah, absolutely. So even though you're down east now, where are you now? I'm, uh, I live in I live in, uh, in Canby, Oregon, right outside oh, Portland, okay. Oregon, okay. which is yeah. right on the Washington border. Yeah. Um, and I still, I, I compete. I compete two months a year in Canada, probably a, a month in Calgary, and uh, still at Spruce Meadows, and, and also at uh, John Anderson's show that he does downtown. Yep. Uh, that's a great event, also, and uh, as well as at Thunderbird Show Park, right. which is really not too far from. I'm, I'm lucky. I, I think, uh, in my opinion, certainly they're, they're two of the finest venues that I could ever ask for, and they're close enough to drive to. Right. So what have you uh, been coming here to, to do? What sessions have you been doing, and how did they all fit together? Well, I, you know, we've, uh, they've, they've split out the hunter sessions from jumper sessions. Ah, that explains a lot, because I was trying to figure it out when I was looking at that. Yeah, and, yeah. Uh, and so, of course, you know, that's, they are for sure. They're, they're separate discipline, but, but certainly well tied together. And, and so in terms of me schooling the horses and the riders, um, it's all under the big, same big blanket of, of riding, right? Um, and uh, and so uh, I've been doing hunter sessions in the in the mornings and and talking a lot about things to do with with position and being efficient and being kind of being able to be subtle, right? I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of nuance to that, and it's and it's judged, right? And so so in that form, it's a performing art in a sense, and and uh, and so I, I I love I love the hunters. I mean, I, I like I like all the jumping horses, right? right. Event horses, jumping yeah. horses, hunters, yeah. um, and then. Um, they say, and then the jumpers—it's you know—it's it's against the clock. It's aggressive oh, and yeah. and it's tactical mm-hmm. and uh, and it's you know I think if I would say it's quite a bit—I don't want to say more or less—but in jumpers, it's really it's it's really the rider has a lot to say with the results. It's not judged, right? Yeah, I, uh, it's you know, all we, against it's the clock. Yeah, yeah. And, and so we always and use knocking that, down knocking down the uh, rails. The rails. So yeah. we use that example a lot. That you know, for people that don't know about the horse sports is it would be like the equivalent between figure skating and ice hockey. You know, ice hockey, when the clock when the clock runs out, how many goals have you scored? And that's going to be the result. Yeah. So, so they're, you know, they're very different in that sense. But yet the horses, you know, by, by, and by and large, it could, often it could be the same horse that could do either discipline. Yes. You know, there's a lot of countries in the world don't even have hunters. So, so it's just it's just riding at yeah. base level. It's what you want to do with it. I am thrilled because the only part session, I mean, I saw part of your session, and it was uh, hunter riders speak to and listen to your horse communication. And that, I mean, regardless of what you're jumping or, you know, hunter or jumper or eventer, your horse and you, you have to communicate. Can you tell us a little bit about that session? Well, again, it, it's. Um, I, I I think when I walk around this this event, right, and I see the other half dozen clinicians doing various, uh, whether it's uh, whether it's Western dressage or whether it's the horsemanship on the ground or whether it's starting colts, there's so much here that all rings true, resonates with me, yes. it, just on a base level. It's it's. All of the things, if we're going to have a partnership, we have to have good communication, honesty, and some kind of integrity about about being able to be compassionate and try to see the other's point of view. I mean, you know, that's, that's it. Those yeah. are the skills. Yeah. And and so, you know, I, I'm adapting it here to the hunters and jumpers. But, but, uh, but I think sometimes um, we did a, a talk just now, uh, question and answer, about, you know, people and their goals. And I want to remind him, don't put your own goals, don't, don't push those onto your horse. Let your horse tell you where he's comfortable and where he fits in. And, and just communicate. Have, you know, if you can be, have a, a teachable horse and a horse that responds well, they respond, they respond to the positive reinforcement, right? And so if your horse shows you that he's, for example, he just isn't ready to go fast and be bold and jump high on slippery ground, and, you know, maybe you are, maybe he isn't. Right. Let's, just be, let's just be careful to not press him to do something he's not comfortable with. Or you could crash and burn. Or, you know, upset him. Yeah. At the very least, yeah. you know. So I mean, it's you know, he's got to be, he's got to be comfortable, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, you know, it's it's funny, but uh, that kind of rings true to what I learned in high school chemistry. The, uh, the, 
what is it? The reaction proceeds at the rate of the slowest, uh, the slowest reaction, right? So, so whoever is is going the slowest, you have to be able to accommodate that and work together to build your build. It is what build what it is that you want to achieve. And, and clarity too, you know. For yeah. me, and this is not a popular statement ever. I don't know why I say it, but you know, the horses the horses can typically learn something in a week that it can take a couple of years for a person to to be able to master a technique of simply because I, I'm asking the you know if I'm asking the horse to do something if I am if I am clear and consistent mm-hmm. and supply him with positive reward like lack of pressure when he does well he will immediately seek to do that thing again yeah I mean this is this is very very simple right. but it's very hard to teach people to be consistent humans <laughs> humans I, I have not figured out humans, well, they, humans they don't tend to be consistent when yeah. there when there is not a problem they they're capable of manufacturing so uh, so, so so the horses are yeah the horses are the horses are a dream to teach yeah and and the fun part for me about about teaching the clinic in particular, because it's such a microcosm of, of coaching, right? Mm-hmm. Is that uh, you know we had a, a girl this morning, for example, her horse was head up and ears pinned, and he, he was just a bit tense, and you know, and and uh, and, and to put the rider's emphasis on, on noticing that and being able to work at making her horse more comfortable. Mm-hmm. And then we saw him loping along with uh, just a happy, relaxed expression on his face. By the that's, end of the session. I, I, was, uh, only, I, was, I was only there for half an hour, and I saw such an incredible difference. Like, and I came late. So mm-hmm. I saw such an incredible difference in just that 20 minutes and half an hour to, uh, you know, from keep saying, I, I, you in, know, I love I loved, I loved the generosity of that horse. Yeah. What he's willing, he what he's willing, willing. to, he, no... No baggage, no, excuse me, no, no backwards thinking about his history. He yeah. just said, "This is what I'm being offered now, and I'll I like it." it. Yeah, and I mean, <laughs> honest you know, they're, they're, you know, it's just being present. Yeah. Right? yeah. Wow. Wow. So, um, so what are your uh, upcoming sessions? Or what are they on? Uh, I am, uh, you know, we've been building, uh, as you say, from from the rider position and being able to be to be efficient and and be able to be balanced and part of the horse. And then we worked on being able to be effective. And so we now are uh, going to work on actually jumping the courses. We've right. been doing we've been doing you know sort of faster and slower and turning mm-hmm. and things over yeah. different fences and different building exercises. And then uh, what we're going to do uh, tonight. And tomorrow is is work on uh, is work on jumping courses with the hunters and and also being able to keep the horses in balance on both sides of the fences. You know, part of that is about um, arriving arriving at a at a sort of a rhythm, yeah. a stride to make the horses to feel comfortable and not lose their balance when they jump. Right. And uh, and with the jumpers, we're going to build um, towards more com- You know, we're going to put the exercises together where you know more complex courses, yeah. as well as uh, as making really good strategy for the jump offs mm-hmm. that's kind of a passion of mine because that's really that's where the money is right yeah. is uh is being able to to you know figure out which angle to jump on which All speed to go strategy, you know it? yeah and and so that you know if, i mean if you really have the skills to ride every course offers a new opportunity to do new things it's not the same routine every no. competition is different and it's always the one rider that tries something that everyone else goes whoa i didn't think we could do that yes totally <laughs> That's and right. then the next yeah. rider will try it. Too. Yeah. Well, yeah. speaking speaking of skills to ride, and you can ride any course. I'm just going to have some fun here. So, how did it go with the the uh, youth pro am last night? <laughs> well, wasn't that just really a, a trial? So the uh, it was. You know what the. I have a lot of thoughts about that because for sure I was nervous about that and I'll tell you why is because I have never ridden a horse through something called a car wash or even had them for that matter go up and down through the water you know in my job it's always going over the water and I was thinking to myself I could just jump the water Um, but you know or the bridge we went over or kicking the ball there was there was so much to that and it was really fun I think you know the camaraderie certainly between all of the professional horsemen that are here um, as well as with the kids who brought their own horses and were really generous to bring them out in front of the crowd. (laughs) I don't know if there were hundreds of people there watching it. Um, And so uh, my, but my take on that was uh, that uh, two things. First of all, I loved watching the horsemen. A lot of the horses struggled. 
Yeah. You know, they yeah, didn't they want to did. go through the water. They certainly didn't want to go through they the, didn't want to go, the, no. the car wash no. and the toys and the noodles. And, and, the noodles and, and, and uh, you know, and I, and I was watching the horsemen deal with their horses. Again, in terms of communication, yeah. there's a time to say, I really am asking you to do this. And then they give the horse a chance to look at it. And then they say, no, really, you know, it's the timing is, you know, we yeah, really please do this. <laughs> and then back off. You know, it's sort of like the idea, get in a little bit, tell them I need this, yeah. and then give them a chance to, to think, process yeah. and get in and process. Yeah. And to, to have the whole group doing those lessons, I, <laughs> I you know, I just, I really enjoyed seeing that kind of horsemanship. Yeah. And, and the second thing that struck me is the educated crowd that comes to the main event yeah. is that, I mean, there's got to be, I mean, there are thousands of people here. I don't know how many people, but there are interested, interested horse people. There's thousands. And they, and they were there watching. It wasn't, it wasn't really just about getting the winning time. These no, horses, you know, these horses were not proficient. They were not practiced. There was a lot of struggling going on yeah. for, for both the kids and, and us yeah. to get the horses to do these exercises. And yet I thought that the people, and I looked out there, they were really watching and cheering for the successes. Yeah, One at yes. a time. Yes. Yes. And at the end, the, you know, the victory, although I wish it would have been me, was, was really almost an afterthought. Yeah. It was the experience. Yeah. And that that's what we're doing here. And I know. Because every horse yeah. is different, and every horse had their own experience. Yes. And so some would have trouble with one thing, and some would have trouble with another. Right. And I watched, I mean, I just watched those horsemen just literally give those, teach those horses something new, give those Absolutely. horses some self-esteem yeah. and a sense of accomplishment. Yeah. It was, uh, that was really fun. Yeah. And encourage the kids, too. Absolutely. So that was really, that was really fun. Absolutely. Okay, yeah. uh, one last question. Well, maybe one, one A. Um, so, Given that you came from a background of riding dirt bikes and not really giving, a, you know, a care about horses and this and that and the other thing, can you imagine a life without horses now? Well, no, because um, I don't know what stage it changed. You know, this is, I say, this kind of just morphed and grew. It was not my intention to become a professional horseman. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, I would have told you at the age of 17 that that is not what I was doing. Right. And then here I was at 19 working for Ian Miller at Millerbrook Farm and, you know, blah, 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 seven days a week, you know, on the snow banks and so on. Um, and, uh, and absolutely grateful and enjoying every minute of it. So the, uh, so I, there is nothing to this day, not hockey practice, not trips with the football team, nothing that I, that I want to do all day, every day. And we'll get up 24 hours a day at any time, day or night to be able to go like the barn. There's, there is nothing else that's like that. Yeah, that's yeah. awesome. I, I guess the last question I would have is if people want to learn more about Jeff, Jeff Kemp, uh, how do they go about that? Uh, well, you know, we have uh, we have a uh, OzIncorporated.com is is our website, mm-hmm. and uh, and so I say I have a I have a training business. You know, we train the horses and the riders and hunters and jumpers and equitation. And uh, my wife now does the hunters primarily, and uh, we have a, another great rider that rides with her. Dustin Goodman is his name. Good one, and uh, and she and Dustin um, do the hunters uh, all the way through the national finals and so on, and, and they do a tremendous job there with their students doing that. And at home, we all work together training all the horses, um, and um, and so you know, as I say that, but that's the website, and that's where our our farm can be found, and uh, you know, and we do from there we do sales, and and I guess we do clinics now. Great. There you go. (laughs) Thank you so much, Jeff, for taking the time to chat with us. It's been a blast. Well, thank you so much. It's been fun. (laughs) Okay. Wow. I just love hearing Jeff's perspective about things that historically helped to make Spruce Meadows what it is today. Yeah. You know, as I was listening to that interview, I was thinking I, I didn't know a lot about jumping back then. I didn't know a lot of the greats of the jumping world, Mm -hmm. right? So Mm -hmm. I, I, you know, (laughs) sounded a little uneducated. But it makes me admire even more what the Southerns accomplished. Mm. Well, and I think that everything happens for a reason, right? Mm -hmm. Like, you know, I mean, first he wasn't interested in horses. Then he was riding because his friends were riding. And then he became a rider. Then he decided, well, I'm just going to leave this. But, hey, I have this one last thing that's going to happen. And I'm going to, you know, take advantage of it. Have a trip over mm-hmm. <laughs> over to Europe. And, and bingo. Bingo. Now he can't imagine life being any, any other way. So. Yeah. And for me, again, we have someone saying, listen to your horses. When yes. they're not happy, they let you know and fix it. 
And that's not always easy. No, it isn't. uh, Yeah, I mean, sometimes Mm -hmm. you just don't understand what's going on because you you just aren't seeing what's happening. Mm -hmm. So, yeah. You know, honestly, sometimes you just have to give it a lot of deep thought. Mm -hmm. Think about what's going on. Think about what's going on in the past. See what the variables are. Mm -hmm. Come up with what it is that's bothering your horse. It's true. mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, just before we go into the interview with Luciana Denise, I just want to thank our patrons for helping us keep this podcast going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Without the help of our patrons, it would be much more difficult to get these episodes out. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. If you can help us offset the costs of storage, bandwidth, equipment, and travel, <laughs> there's so much involved. Yeah. I don't think people understand. <laughs> Please drop by our Patreon page at patreon.com slash podcast. And see if you can give us a hand. And we thank you from the bottom of our hearts. Absolutely. Well, we have this interview then with show jumping champion and mother, Luciana Denise. Yeah, I, you know, I think the two interviews you chose today work very well together. And not because they're both into the jumping discipline, but because they both put their horses first. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people put their horses, a lot of riders put, you know, a lot of horse people, period, put their horses first. But Luciana's really thoughtful and considerate of her horses. And um, she really shows it. Mm-hmm. to the world mm-hmm. yeah it's very it's very obvious so let's have a listen to what Luciana Denise is all about well I'm here at Spruce Meadows with Luciana Denise and Luciana thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule now I know you had a little extra time off today because you gave your stallion a time off right and uh, his name he won yesterday yes this is Camargo and um, he came here as a young boy, you know, just coming to get some experience. Oh, my. Living in the shadow of uh, his mom, fit for fun. And uh, suddenly he was shining yesterday, coming out of the shadow. So I'm very proud for him. And that's why he deserved a day off today after winning yesterday. Uh, I'm really happy, and for the whole team also. Oh, excellent. So the first thing I'm going to actually ask you is to tell people a little, little bit more about where you're from, how you started with horses. Yes, I'm uh, actually from Brazil. I'm born in Brazil. And in 2006, um, I changed my nationality to Portugal because I always had the two passports my whole life. My grandparents are Portuguese. Oh. So after riding in the Olympic Games for Brazil, and always having, you know, Portugal to inviting me to come and join their team and uh, represent their country. And I knew that was one of the dreams of my grandfather oh, to represent yes. his country one day. Um, in 2006, at the road championship, I changed it for Portugal. And uh, I rode my little stallion, Dover, and it's also a beautiful story. Uh, we were not on the Brazilian team at that year because they refused to take us. Oh. He was already an 18 years old boy. Oh my! Yes, he was a uh, 1 meter 60 high, so like a pony. <laughs> and they said, the Brazilian Federation said, with this horse, you're not going to be able to be in the Brazilian team. And, um, you know, after having Portugal asking me for so many years, I said, this is the right moment to make a change. <laughs> and I finished in the top uh, 25 final. Oh, wow. Uh, starting with 175 riders on the first day. Mm-hmm. We made it one of the best even Brazilians, Portuguese couples <laughs> at that final. So it was a... It's so there. <laughs> yeah, it was an unforgettable moment for all of us, for the country as well. And uh, that's how I became a Portuguese writer. And you're now still, are you living in Portugal now? For the I past? live in Germany. In so Germany? I'm Brazilian, born, uh, ride for Portugal, live in Germany. Okay. And yeah. uh, my children are Germans and they, we all live together in Germany. Oh, wonderful. Um, it's a beautiful country. Yes, I mean, all of them, even here, I mean, whatever, I always say, whatever we are, we have to make the best out of it. So here there's some beautiful things about Canada, about Calgary, about Bruce Meadows. And also about Germany, about Brazil, about Portugal. So if we are open to see the beauty of everything, we can always find. And wherever family is. Yeah, exactly. That's Where home. your heart is, is your home. <laughs> oh, that's yeah. wonderful. Okay, so this um, Spruce Meadows tournament has been so far very good for you, right? Um, I know that, uh, yeah, they, with the Founders Classic, you were on Camargo also. And came in seventh place there, so yeah. that was a good start for Camargo. Exactly. On that day, both uh, mother and son 
uh, finished at the seventh place at the same day, so it was also yes. a nice uh, story for both of them. Mother in the can of cup. Exactly, and uh, and yesterday you won, so in the tourmaline. We, exactly. Yes. So if we keep like this, uh, it looks like the mother can win tomorrow. So you're in a very good uh, energy or vibration waves. That yeah. would be wonderful. Now I know you know it's funny because um, I guess because they have so many offspring. The stallion are often lauded for their uh, ability to pass on their genes, but uh, the mare is also very important. So, I do believe the mare is more important than the go. stallion, <laughs> and uh, I think uh, Camargo has a lot of things from Fiti. Uh, maybe not physically because they look completely different. That he has more from his father. But the character-wise and uh, his intelligence and his abilities, he has from the mother. And fit for fun, you call fitty, for yes, short. Fitty. That's cute. Yes, yeah, yes. lovely. Yeah. Okay. And, you know, so much on your website, because I, I did check out the website last night, it was lovely. But a lot of the videos were just lovely walks um, through the woods and swimming in lakes. And do you like to be able to offer your horses that kind of relaxation? Yes, we have, uh, I would say, a little paradise at home for the horses where they can go in the forest, they can go in the lake, and they have a beautiful jumping place as well. They have a racetrack, a sand racetrack, also a grass racetrack, a lot of uh, different activities. Uh, because I do believe the horses, uh, they should not do the same work every day. Yes. You know, it's like as if we go into fitness and we do every time the same. We just get bored and we're going to think about, oh, do I need to do that again? So the horses is the same. You need to make a different program for them every day. And that is how you keep them happy and fresh. So does this then tie in with your GROW program? Yeah, it goes all together because I say when uh, we work in ourselves, you know, when we become one with ourselves, one with your horse and one with the environment, that's the way of you keep growing every day. And that is a little bit the way I see, you know, um, dreams are the motor of my life and I believe is the motor of many people's life. And that's why I wrote my book, Jump for Your Dreams. Yes. Uh, because I believe if we keep jumping for our dreams, that is what you make us uh, fulfill life at the end. In, it doesn't matter what you do, and even if you achieve your dreams, but you know you're going for your dreams, you find so many beautiful things in life. And also, you want to get better every day. You want to improve. You want to help others. You want to share. And this is the way I believe you know, we should go in life. And fitting everything into your day. <laughs> yes. Um, another thing that is very important, I always say the horses are my biggest masters. So they are not only masters, but they are healers. You know, they can help so many people um, to heal um, physically, emotionally, and uh, also as a um, person in life. And that's why I say they are magnificent. They are greatest masters that I have ever known in my life. One of the things I love most about watching you jump, Luciana, is the, the, the loving that you give your horses before and after the ride. Yeah, that's yeah. right. Yeah. Oh, awesome. I know. Never Thank you so much. Uh, I, I love them, you know. And if um, I learned since I was a little kid from my father that what I choose to do in life, um, I should choose what I love to do. And I love horses since I'm a little kid. And I, I also believe that when you have this complicity between the horse and yourself, they give you everything. Even they give you the extra, they give yes. you the more. And, uh, and it's the same with us, you know, when we do what we love, we also try to give our uh, extra that sometimes we even don't have any, or we don't even believe it you have and it's there, because you just love what you do. So combining, you know, passion and talents with determination and living that with joy every day, this is a perfect combination to live a fulfilled life. Oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, um, yeah. <laughs> people can come and see you. You have some lovely programs that yes, people can join. Yes, I'm developing this because I love to share. Mm -hmm. Someone asked me that, why you do that? It's still your writing and your mother, you're an entrepreneur, and how can you do all these things together? And I said, because I love to share, and I think it's important. So my idea is to go in every country with a program like this of four wow. or five days where people can learn my secrets. You know, they can learn everything. Everything that is being uh, that I'm also learning. I'm, I keep learning every day, and uh, when you teach, it's also two-way learning because you learn with them, they learn with you, and in the end, everyone um, is like a butterfly. It's like a transformation. You know, we come from the cocoon and we work in ourselves. We wait for the right time, and then we can fly high all around the road. 
Oh. Now, did you have, you had your grandpa as a mentor? Um, excuse me? I yeah, have... as a mentor? As someone that you If really I do have a mentor? Yeah. My horses. Your horses? They are my greatest masters. Mm. I learned everything what I've learned with them. And I also say I learn a lot with my children. You know, living with them and dealing with emotions, uh, the ups and downs of life. Uh, with my parents, I learn a lot. My parents are incredible people. My whole family living in Brazil. My children in Germany, you know, dealing with the distance, the long distance, but today yes. everyone is connected through the digital media. Yes, thank And uh, technology meets also emotions and love at the end. Uh, so, I mean, all together makes the whole. Wonderful. Now, um, before we leave, I'd like people to, to perhaps be able to know how to reach you best if they want to learn more. Yeah. Um, I can promise you I'm working in a new website, although my website is already wonderful. I love that. Just go www.lucianadenise.com and you can find beautiful videos about me, my philosophy, my horses. And now I'm working in a new website that everyone can share my secrets. <laughs> oh, nice. Uh, also with other people because it's not only about giving, it's like taking and giving in line, but sharing and also sharing with others. And this is what I'm really looking forward to make a very good interactive website that people can share with me and interact with me and also grow together and transform their lives. Wonderful. That's my goal. <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, I just have to say one more time, Luciana, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule for us. I know our listeners are going to love to hear your voice and, and love to check out more about you online. It's my pleasure. Thank you thank so much. You. Thank you. Well, it sounds like Luciana wants to accomplish some big goals outside of her riding. I'd love to have a chance to read Luciana's book, Jump for Your Dreams. Mm, and I'd love to see her horse stable in Germany. You know, you can see a few uh, images, watch a few videos on her website and see it really does look like a paradise for horses. That's kind of what she called it, didn't she? Mm -hmm. yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, I'd like to see those videos. It sounds like fun. Well, I guess we should uh, get on with the rest of the episode. So... New events. Just another reminder to our listeners that the Red Deer Main Event Expo is coming up the end of this month. Yep, it'll be happening on April 26th, 27th, and 28th. At the Westerner Park facility in Red Deer, Alberta, Canada. Yeah, any chance we might see some of our listeners there? You know, that would be so great. We could meet you in person. Hey, Diana, maybe what we should do is schedule a meetup on Facebook. So people know we're there. Uh, let's give it a shot. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Sounds good. And just a little reminder, one of the clinicians will be show jumper Jonathan Miller, Ian Miller's son from Millerbrook Farms. And yes, Jeff Camp, who was the jumping clinician last year, talked about the role of Millerbrook in his career during the interview you just heard. And Jill Barron will be there with her working equitation expertise. And now this year, new this year totally is a clinician working with stock dogs oh yeah so, really? yeah yeah oh that's so cool merle newton and his wife sandy also pioneered and i think they would say it the the rodeo cow dog trial hmm. Hmm. so this is the stock dog contest where the handlers are actually mounted on horses oh so i think that just sounds like fun and thankfully yes, they're does. not working they're <laughs> not working with border collies they're working with healers or i'd have a really hard time pulling myself away so yeah you mm -hmm. would <laughs> so i have to say hey Catherine, you should come <laughs> okay, she's Catherine. right into healers <laughs> that's my sis yeah, yeah yeah it sounds like she would really enjoy it mm -hmm. actually mm -hmm. um well okay so um yeah we're gonna be down there and i can't wait yeah i also uh, again, want to thank our patrons for helping us keep this podcast going. Without the help of our patrons, it would be much more difficult to get these episodes out. Right. So if you listen to this podcast and enjoy the episodes, please help us bring more quality episodes your way by supporting the podcast at patreon.com slash equine podcast. You know, Diana, as always, we find ourselves wondering what our listeners do are up to. Mm. Uh, for instance, do you have a foal coming? Do you have a way of finding out horse news and events? Would you like it if we offered them weekly or daily? I'm really curious. I'd like to know. Mm. And did you have any good April Fool's mm. tricks? 
played on you. <laughs> and, and I got to say, this is really funny because I remember years and years and years ago uh, where I was out boarding. The uh, one of the young girls who mm-hmm. had a mare in the field mm-hmm. uh, was in the house, and a, a friend of hers came in on April Fool's morning and said, oh, uh, no. <laughs> I can, I can Beautiful new foal you've got out there in the field, beautiful. <laughs> and she said, Yeah, right. <laughs> and she said, Pinto, it's, it's really cute, you gotta see it. And she said, Yeah, right. <laughs> and she said, Well. I'm not kidding. Honestly, there's a foal in your field. Yeah. And the girl said, my mare is not in foal and good try. <laughs> so, to which the other girl said, well, it's up to you. I mean, the, the baby looks healthy, so it's not like an it's emergency or anything. You can go check it out this afternoon if you want. She did. And sure enough, she had a baby. Oh, my gosh. So, I mean, that happens so often that mares just don't look like they're in foal, oh, okay. you know, even couple the day of, before. A couple of things I have to say here that are kind of interesting is I did see couple of things on the Facebook news feed, okay? One of them said, yes, April 1st, the one day that people actually pause to think about whether something is <laughs> real or and true or not. And I thought, bingo, that's so right on. Yeah. And then the other thing that I thought was, I remembered this April Fool's joke that somebody played and they took in a big thing of Tim Horton's donuts and it said for the staff or whatever. And then when you open it up inside were arrangements of vegetables and this sort of thing and inside the lid it says April Fool's and somebody said I'm so conflicted here this like all this healthy stuff but I was expecting donuts. You know? <laughs> anyway, oh, carry on. So um, I I always ask, you know, have you introduced someone new to horses since the last episode? Mm -hmm. Because to me, that's really important, really important. And by the way, if you're one of those horse crazy people who don't know how to fill that horseless void, let us know because we'd like to help you. Yeah. And well, our newest listeners might be wondering how to get in touch with us. Well, for now, the easiest way for people to be in touch is via the Facebook page. Right. Yeah. Leave us a message and we will reply. Mm hmm. So our listeners are from all over the world, and we always like to welcome our newest visitors to the Equinely Inclined Facebook page. Stop by our page at facebook.com slash equinelyinclined and click on the like button and you'll hear your name when we welcome you at this spot in our next episode. And a little tip about this. If you click on the three dots to the right of the like button, it will give you an option to follow the page and then you'll be notified of any posts we make. And you know, it's interesting, but I have noticed that we're getting a lot more follows, but not the same amount of likes to match it. So if you could click the like and then click the three <laughs> the dots and click the follow, that would be awesome. <laughs> Great. And remember this, please tell five friends about our Facebook page. When you do, you're helping others learn more about horses. And we love to help educate people about the many aspects of horses and other equines. We love it when you share what you find on our Facebook page and in our podcast episodes with others. If we want to have positive impact for horses in our world, it takes all of us to help ourselves and others learn more about horses. So let us know what you think of this episode and what else you'd like to hear. Do you have an opinion on a horsey topic? Or is there one you wish us to cover? Talk to us. Don't be shy. Go to www.facebook.com slash equinelyinclined and leave us a message on the page. Well, Diana, for our next episode, I would like to put another one out next week. Do you think okay. we can do that? Sure. I know that you said you might have some conflicts, but you're flexible. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> so, so that sounds good? Yeah, you bet. Okay. Well, make sure to check the Facebook page because we enjoy doing live videos and you never know what we might surprise you with. And please find a non-horsey person you think might enjoy knowing more about horses and engage them in conversation. Let them know about everything we do. It would be great to have them join us on Facebook and as a podcast listener. And one last message, a heartfelt thank you to all our patrons for their support. And remember, supporting patrons at patreon.com slash equinepodcast get an inside look at our lives. Mm -hmm. So until our next episode, bye from Sylvia Schneider and Diana Belbar and give your horses big hugs for us.